The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Why is this so important? Why did you pick this story? Why does this matter? This is the news. And why, 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 and why it matters. Hi, I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome to the uh, best Hi, part of your day. Hi, Hi. Sarah. Hello. How are you doing? Very best part of your day called mm-hmm. The News and Why It Matters. Uh, Stu, what was the top story? As the nation's foremost expert on the topic, I'd like to talk about Kanye West. Oh, mm. okay. All right. We'll talk about why that matters. Pat? I think we need to discuss two of the greatest gubernatorial candidates in the history of this planet. <laughs> okay. Jason? Mm-hmm. Glenn has not been here the entire week to tell us how the global economy is about to crash and the world's going to spiral out of control. So I'm delivering on that today. <laughs> You're going to be Yay! 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 Thank you. <laughs> All right, Stu, Kanye West. Uh, we were fascinated. We talked about this on radio a little bit today uh, of the transformation of Kanye West. Uh, we <laughs> looked back to at his opinion about George W. Bush back in the day after Katrina, and it seems to have changed a little bit about Republicans. Here's the clip from uh, 2005. Yes. The destruction of the spirit of the people of southern Louisiana and Mississippi may end up being the most tragic loss of all. George Bush doesn't care about black people. (laughs) (laughs) You might find it hard to believe he ad-libbed that line. Wow. (laughs) Was not in the script. Can we we just play it one One more more time? time. The destruction of the spirit of the people of southern Louisiana and Mississippi (laughs) may end up being the most tragic loss of all. George Bush doesn't care about black people. <laughs> oh, I didn't get to see his eyes. He's so there we go, un- there we go. Uh, <laughs> he's like, ah. Uh, such a proud moment for America uh, right there. He's so, uh, it's so, it's just such a great clip because Myers is so good in it and he just doesn't even attempt to make a transition from what he said. Oh, because, because he's looking right, at a Mike, prompter. I will say this, uh, uh, right. George Bush doesn't care about black people. They don't even try it. It just goes, dives right in. You know he's looking at the prompter, so he's like, crap, do I read his yeah. line now? Yeah. Or do I, uh, yeah. uh. And if you look at the, there's a, a longer clip out there that if you look, you can actually see Mike Myers' Adam's apple when he gulps. <laughs> so big, you can see it move. It's, a, it's an amazing moment. And yeah, you think about what stemmed from that. I mean, you know, we forget how badly George W. Bush was treated by the media and the left, just as badly, mm-hmm. almost as badly maybe, at least as, uh, as Donald Trump. Well, um, he hated black people. Yeah, I guess he hated black people. In fact, uh, that event... Uh, Create uh, spawned a, a line of T-shirts that said George W. Bush doesn't care about black people. Created by the uh, group Color of Change, run by at the time Van Jones. Um, one of the, his big entries into politics was that moment that you just uh, heard. And I, you know, as much as I love the podcast, people, I really he- I hope you watched it because that moment's so good with Mike Myers' <laughs> eyes darting around the screen to see it. Uh, but he's changed his tune apparently about Republicans. Um, at least one Republican, Donald Trump. He's doing an interview uh, on uh, some local radio station, and he goes into detail about what he believes about Donald Trump and whether he cares about black people. I feel that he cares about the way black people feel about him. And he would like for black people to like him like they did when he was cool and the rap songs and all this and stuff. Yeah, and he and he will do the things that are necessary to make that happen. 
That's a really different taste. First of all, one of the things we're talking about is uh, we don't think it's spit on the corner of his mouth. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to decide, is we're it spit to it or out. is it a toothpick? Yeah, a couple okay. times he rolls it quickly, and you can tell yeah. I think it is yeah, a toothpick. I think it is. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's issue number one. <laughs> yeah. and if there's any reason, anyone doubting yeah. why that matters, I think it's blatantly obvious. Um, but beyond that, it's interesting to see this, this change, because I think there he describes it in a way that's much different than mm-hmm. the impression I had. You know, we talked about the idea of maybe, you know, he likes just to be contrarian and, and likes to kind of go against the ground and get some attention. You know, maybe this chance he really does like some of his policies, though we've never really heard him express what policy right. he likes other than maybe this sort of criminal justice reform vaguely around this one particular person. Uh, but more than that, there he seems to think that he understands Trump, where he's saying, if I go to, you know, because Trump has a history, and you go back and you read some of the biographies that have come out lately about Trump, and you realize that when he was on The Apprentice, his, he was incredibly well-liked among the African-American community. In fact, one of the reasons uh, why that show was so successful is it did so well with minority viewers. And, and uh, he kind of references it there because he's talking about how Trump was featured in rap songs and yeah. all that. And oh, yeah. at the time, he was. He was a big deal. Yeah, he really was. Him. That was yeah. one of the strengths of The Apprentice as a show in the ratings. And so now that that kind of went away as he started running for president, uh, you know, Kanye West has, at least he says he's, he's uh, found that way to understand Trump in which he says he wants to be that guy. He wants to be the guy that people like. So if you go there, you give him credit, you give him love, you say nice things about him, he will do things that will try to make that happen. When you love Trump, he loves you back. When you don't like him, he, he doesn't like There's you. There's something to that. Yeah. And, and w- the reason why I think it matters is not just about the spittle toothpick controversy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Although that might thing. be the most important point. Yeah, I, think, yeah, I think it might be. But the thing that really freaks me out is at some point, Democrats could understand this. It, it, maybe it's not just Kanye. Maybe some smart Democrat figures out that if they do this type of thing with Donald Trump, he's v- much more likely to work with you and do things. He yep. is not, I mean, as much as he's built up yes. as a fighter, he, he does like making deals. He does like when people like him. He, you know, if, imagine if Democrats started coming out and saying really nice things about him in public. Uh, He'd con- want to please them. He would want to please them. He'd want to, to open I believe up a relationship. That. Yeah. Now, I hope that uh, there are no Democrats listening to the program today because this is not a theory I want them to test because it's scary what the results could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, as we know, Trump isn't a huge ideologue. He's not a guy that has these, like, hardcore foundational principles. He's much more transactional. And, and he's a guy that, while he's done some really good things, uh, and, and some of the things have aligned with conservatism pretty well, outside of trade stuff, I don't think he has a real... Uh, you know, policy ground. He, he is more of a guy that looks for what, what he thinks yep. might work on a particular topic. So hopefully the Democrats don't try that, but it's something I'm legitimately worried about. Do you really think that that is what they want? Because there are a lot of things that, you know, they yell about and mm-hmm. create division about, but, you know, when they controlled, uh, you know, the House and the yep. Senate and the presidency, they didn't do any of those things. Yeah. So do, uh, I, I question whether they really actually want to get along uh, and get things done, or if they'd rather just yell and scream about things. Yeah, maybe, and that could be it. I mean, that might be our saving grace, that they don't actually have policy goals that they really care about all that much. 
uh, and, and don't even want to attempt this. They'd rather just raise money off of the anger, uh, the addiction to outrage, mm-hmm. as it were. And I think that that's probably something that helps uh, because they could get a lot more done if they tried this. You know, it might it might not necessarily help their prospects uh, for 2018 or it might not help their prospects to win the next election, but it would help their process get it, prospects of getting something done. Yeah. Um, Maybe luckily, the, the moderate neither, goals. Not yeah, the, not I the don't more, think, like, yeah. Trump's gonna, not going to agree to abolish ICE. No, right? no, no, he's not. <laughs> so. uh, but, you know, that there is there's something there that they yeah. could probably get and the bottom line is you don't want them uh, you, you don't want enough of that stuff to happen because he could go down those roads he's he's mm-hmm. all the things that Democrats argue for at least at one point in his life he did agree with and saw that as a legitimate argument you don't want him to be reminded of these things and I, I hope they they don't come and attempt this and it's the same theory on like world leaders because if you're I mean you see the same exact thing if, if, if someone like let's say Putin like compliments him, uh, even if it's a very slight compliment, then he is going to, it's going, he's going to, he's, he's going to lavish, uh, you know, compliments on this yep. person. He's going to be overly friendly with them. It's stupid. Like you can be like Justin Trudeau, which publicly disses him or some are like Macron or people like that, that publicly diss, diss him and you see the results. But if you're like a Putin, mm-hmm. if you're a freaking North Korean dictator, in, you'll yeah. get him talking, you know, he praises Nicely. him, yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, some people say it's you know it's just statesmanship, whatever. I just don't think he's that very statesmanlike. But it's 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 what it is. You compliment the guy. What do you want, Hillary? You get something Why back would from you it. say that? Would you, you want Hillary? <laughs> Hillary is not running for anything. She's retired. All right, Pat. The two greatest gubernatorial candidates ever. Yeah. Either that or the Antichrist and the Wicked Witch of the West oh. um, or East. I guess it would be. I can I'm, see how those uh, would be confusing. Yeah, it is confusing. Um, they had a gubernatorial debate last night. It's always fun to see liberals eat their own. I, I kind of like it. And these two people, uh, Andrew Cuomo and um, uh, Cynthia Nixon, can't stand each other. Yeah. And they were really kind of going at it. Um, here's a look at, at some of the debate. ATM, and we see the result. He has had seven and a half years to avoid this very avoidable crisis in our New York City subway, and he has done next to nothing. Governor, would Why like would the next four years motion. be any motion. different? Governor, would you my like to opponent, respond to that? My opponent lives in the world of fiction. I live in the world of fact. <laughs> let's, do, let's just do a few facts, okay? The subway system is owned by New York City. The, the subway NTA system. Has been controlled Excuse by the states me. Since 1965. Can, you, can you stop interrupting? Can you stop interrupting? Can you stop lying? Yeah. Uh, as soon as you do. <laughs> what? So obviously an admission that yes, I am lying, and I'll Worst. stop it when you stop lying. <laughs> Back ever. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. I know you are, but what am I? Yeah. <laughs> Same to you, but twice as much more of it. Uh, it's just it's nonsensical, but it's interesting to see. Um, uh, them going at it like that, and who's telling the truth there? I, ha- I have no idea. But they're both horrible. How grateful I am that I don't live in New York and don't and <laughs> am not faced with this yeah. decision. Now there is a Republican in the race, but nobody knows who the heck it is, and he doesn't have any chance at winning. And so you're going to have the guy who uh, says America has never been that great. Uh, and the woman who wants to bring total socialism to, to New York. Um, she, she's she's uh, she's been endorsed by Democratic Socialist America, hasn't she? Yeah, well, she's, she's essentially. She, I think she is a Democratic Socialist, if not 
card carrying. Yeah, I don't right, know. right. She's basically running on that platform. Yeah. Um, I don't know the truth about the subway. I will say I know it's not run by the state or the city. It's run by the rats. That's who runs <laughs> the subway. Uh, but it's funny to see them just go back and forth like that. You know, the, the concept of, uh, of Andrew Cuomo... Um, and I, I thought this was really fascinating, talking down and saying, hey, you know, don't interrupt me. Can you imagine if a Republican man acted? Remember when Donald Trump walked mm-hmm. behind Hillary Clinton and it was this big controversy? Yes. Like, he didn't even say anything and he was just yes. standing back there and it was this big deal? Like, I, I mean, I guess liberal men can scream at women and say, don't yeah. stop interrupting me. And I guess that's okay. It's not sexist. It's not sexist. There's yeah. no problems with it. No toxic masculinity. Yeah. There. I don't know if she has any <laughs> chance to win. But I mean, I will say this about Cynthia Nixon, um, which I, I don't know that I would have expected coming into this. She held her own with, like, good grasp of the issues. She doesn't Mm -hmm. seem like some celebrity who's just doing this because people recognize her face. She does seem to actually care about the issues. She does seem to be fairly, at least a little bit, well-read on the topics that they're talking about. She didn't know Ocasio-Cortez it. She, yeah, she yeah. did. Thank you. She did not Ocasio-Cortez. That's true. Although her facts on um, socialized medicine seemed a little oh. iffy. No, yes, uh, <laughs> to say the least. Let's take a look at that. <laughs> Ms. Nixon, you are proposing that New York State move to a single-payer health care system, also known as Medicare for All. Everybody would be covered. A RAND Corporation study found this would cost $139 billion. That's almost the size of the state budget. It would double it. How do you plan to make this happen? So the Rand Corporation also said that it would be a tremendous savings for New York State. Um, we can we can insure all of our people here by a single payer Medicare for all system. We can do it better. We can do it cheaper. We can do it with no copays, with no deductibles, and 98% of New Yorkers would pay less for their health care than they do now. The same study also found this would nearly triple the state tax rate for an average family I like this. from this 6% to 18%. That's a family making roughly $100,000 to $150,000. If you look at, say, what a family now who earns, let's say, 49000 the cost of health care for that family is $17,500. The cost between the individual and the employer would be uh, a sixth of that. What we would have is a payroll tax in order to pay for it. It would be taken out of people's oh. payrolls oh, okay. the same way Social Security is taken out. Oh, it would be that. an overall savings for 98% of New Yorkers, and it would be an enormous savings for employers here. It is seen that it could create 200,000 jobs because employers would no longer be responsible for providing health care wow. for their employees. First of all, I, I love the fact it's going to double the New York State budget. And somehow, that's a big savings to her. Right, right. It, it's also a savings. Wait, that's if, if my bills go up by double, um, I, that's not saving me money. But it's saving, but it's saving you money. It, like, it could be triple. <laughs> right. And it's, so it's saving you from right. And it's, but it's going to triple the taxes. So it's, the, the budget's going to double. Your taxes are going to get tripled. But it's going to save you money. It's going to save you money. (laughs) I mean, I guess she's trying to say that the difference between what we pay plus what the government pays plus what the businesses pay into health care would all instead be spent by 
the state, and theoretically that number would be lower. And that number, we all know in the practice, state comes from magic happens. pixie dust. That's yes, where the state right. gets yeah, their money. Of course, yeah, they do. Not from the people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gavin Newsom in California is proposing single-payer. Yes, and uh, covering, you know, illegal immigrants, oh, everyone. Yeah. He bragged and, about it. Yeah, he did, um, and he said he's not naive about it. Mm-hmm. So, right. I mean, obviously he's not naive about it. He did it really well. In California, where he was, he was in San Francisco. Yeah, look at the shape. So right, San Francisco's doing really well, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's only, only this is good news. It's only going to cost four hundred billion per year. So we can add that to all of the millions of dollars that they're spending on poop patrol. Yeah, and San Francisco's (laughs) in really good shape. You know, it's great if these if states want to experiment with this, go right ahead. Just don't mess with the federal government. That when they when they collapse, they're coming to us to fix it. Right, right. That's the problem. All right, we got to go back in a minute. Look how much the destruction of the spirit of the people of Southern Louisiana and Mississippi may end up being the most tragic loss of all. George Bush doesn't care about black people. Hey, it's Sarah Gonzalez. Thanks for listening to the program. I want to tell you about another show I think you'll like, The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. You can find it wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Captain Doomsday, please. The global uh, currency crisis. (laughs) So we never... Glenn Jr. Right. We never really recovered from the 2008 financial crisis. It was just... It was just... Again, more of that magic pixie dust covering it up so we so it looked like that we did. So basically all we did was we really printed our way out of it. We kicked the can down the road. But what's happening now is, <clears throat> actually that has contributed to record number. We just hit the record, I think, last month of global debt, which is now around $280 trillion. $280 trillion with a capital T. That's global debt. Absolutely insane. It's never been that high before. But now we're seeing, as we're starting to, t- uh, we're starting to um, tighten uh, monetary policy here, and we're starting to lower rates, the dollar is going up, but everybody else's currency is going down. We are on the threshold of a major currency crisis all over the world. Um, just today, Argentina, and I guarantee Glenn would have been leading with this today on radio if he were here. <clears throat> just today, Argentina had to hike up their interest rates to 60% because their currency was in a massive freefall. Whoa. Wow. 60%. It's now, their currency has now gone down 45% mm. against uh, the U.S. dollar. Absolutely insane. They had to go out and say, look, we, we, we're, we're basically, we're going under. And they asked for a, an emergency loan from the IMF just to keep going. That's how bad it is there. Argentina is the number three economy in Latin America. Number three. The number one is Brazil. They also, I just look today, they're also, their currency is also in a free fall. They're the number one economy. So the number one and three economies are in free falls. Wow. Major, major problems. Also throughout the world, again, just today, Turkey has been, um, also is in a major currency crisis. They've also lost around 40 to 45% of their value against the dollar since January. Now, this, this is crazy. So in, between now and July of, of, of 2019, they have to pay off over $150 billion in foreign debt. $150 billion, that's qu- over a quarter of their GDP. And right now, I don't think they even know how they're going to pull that off. So in the meantime, all their currencies are going to continue to go down. India also had, is having similar problems. This is breaking out all over the world. Our dollar is going up. Theirs are going down. And they can't pay back the loans. 
So you're saying this is good news, right? <laughs> it sounds really good. What, what's crazy to me is like no one is really talking about it. Yeah. I know Glenn had somebody on from Geopolitical Futures, I think, down in Austin. goes a couple weeks ago or so. Mm-hmm. And he talked to him for a while, and he was like, yeah. He goes, this might be the most important thing that I talk about or that, that we talk about all year long because no one's really talking about it, and the global ramifications are going to be huge. And also what's going on right now while this is happening, trade wars are breaking out. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that we are going to go down the toilet, but I'm just saying you know, we, we better start looking at this because this is getting really, really serious. Yeah. Uh, while we're on the topic of foreign relations, uh, tell us about the American soldier who pledged allegiance to ISIS. Yeah. This. So mm. this story was important to me. Did you guys hear about this? No. So this story is really important to me because the FBI has taken a brutal beating, brutal, brutal, brutal beating over the past couple of years, really. And there are some amazing, amazing FBI agents that day in and day out, they're doing things that we don't even hear about. Here in Dallas, there was, not, not so long, just a few years ago, there was an, uh, it was an ISIS or an Al-Qaeda-inspired um, attack that was supposed to happen here in Dallas. They were going to blow up some fountains somewhere. And the FBI went, swooped in, did a sting, took him out, but hardly anybody. So that stuff happens all the time. Well, there was this U.S. Army sergeant in Hawaii, and he just pled guilty yesterday to pledging allegiance to uh, ISIS and to uh, for planning attacks. He, he was going to take machine guns, I think, and go down to somewhere in Honolulu, like in the touristy areas, and shoot the place up. Um, but mm. the way they caught him was kind of interesting to me. So um, the FBI had been on him from the start. I don't know how they picked him out. They didn't say that, but they had been on him from the start. They actually got him to admit to them everything they wanted, to, what he was planning. They got him to make his pledge of allegiance on camera, and the FBI agents were there undercover and saw the whole thing, got it on tape while he pledged allegiance to uh, Baghdadi. And they also got him mm. to, um, they caught him trying to turn over classified information, which included like where our jets were going to be in certain, certain times. I mean, serious stuff. Mm. Our order of battle, like our tanks, all that oh. stuff that we had in ISIS areas, controlled areas. Some serious, serious problem. I was serious uh, information he was going to turn over. But the FBI caught everything. And now he's going to prison, hopefully, for a really long time. So good on the FBI. And we are not reading about this. I, 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 mean, I I found this in one article. It was like in the Daily Caller. And I was like, I, I cannot believe. Another, another angle on this, though, too, is, you know, ISIS has been reported on that they are, that they're down and out. They've lost their territory. They're gone. And everything that I have seen, I was in Iraq a little over a year ago. And everything I saw was like, this is going to get very dangerous from the things that they've learned while they've had their caliphate. Now they're going underground. And everything that they've learned, they're now going to be start teaching people like, this army soldier, like how do you run, a, you know, a, a guerrilla movement? Well, this is everything that we've learned. Here's the tools of the trade. Now do it in Hawaii. That, now they can do that all over the world. So this is going to be very, mm-hmm. very dangerous going forward. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll be back in a minute. Hey, it's Pat Gray. And if you like what you hear on this program, you should check out the Glenn Beck program. The podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. In-N-Out, In-N-Out Burgers committed the cardinal sin. So bad. I cannot believe that they did this. Uh, it, apparently, it came out that the, they donated to the GOP. Oh, my God. Those can you, I know. Can you believe it? Can we boycott them? Can we never it's, have another hamburger there? It's already being done. Okay, good. But good. 
I'm participating in the boycott mm-hmm. only because I just think that their burgers suck. Really? Yeah. Wow. Now, but you're yeah. going to continue your boycott? I am going to continue That's how my, committed you my are. boycott. Wow. Wow. Now, now I, I guess I could go the other way and just start eating there specifically because the left is boycotting. <laughs> yes, you could. But how could you do that when there's well, Whataburger? I'm... I'm Okay, that's where I was going. I'm going to boycott them just because I think I see what they're doing. They're pushing up on Whataburger is what they're trying to do. What do you mean? That's what this is all about. They're trying to, because they just moved into Texas, what, just a few years they ago? They did. They've been popping up here. So now they're trying to push up on Whataburger. So, so you're, you'll be participating so in the boycott as well. I'm totally boycotting. All right. Hey, but can we also talk about how awful and much more superior In-N-Out and Whataburger are to Shake Shack? Is that even oh. a thing? Shake Shack All right, we'll take this into overtime. I disagree with that. <laughs> Big controversy here. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze Premium subscribers. Become a premium subscriber at theblaze.com slash subscribe. Again, we've just been discussing the really big controversy going on right now, whether Shake Shack is better than uh, Whataburger. It's not a controversy. Oh, by far. Pat says, so good you don't even need condiments. Yes. So the burger at Shake Shack, they're fresh, they're thick, they're juicy, they're delicious. They cook to order. Uh, no, the Whataburger sucks. They're my oh, my God, Pat! Oh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Woo. Hey, everyone, let us know. Yeah, thank you. That is <laughs> Shocking. Uh, let us know if you agree with Pat about Whataburger. What, what, what team are you on? Use the hashtag TheBlazeY. Uh, okay, so, Stu. Yes. The new Cosmo cover. Yes. It's pretty hot. Interesting. I mean, you know, I, we try not to get too... I know mean, sex sells, and we try not to put too much <laughs> sex on the screen, but here it is. This is the new cover. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. <laughs> what? Is that real? Yes, um, it's real. Who is that? Is that somebody we know? or uh, No. Well, no. unless you happen to frequent certain sites. Uh, oh, okay. know her. What uh, sites would those be? Uh, Jeffy runs them, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, so I guess it's this thing where we're all supposed to say, we're, not, we're, sp- we're all supposed to deny like, that we think, uh, you know, the, um, the models they put on Cosmo normally are good looking. We're supposed mm-hmm. to all say that every woman looks exactly the same and there's no, you know, everyone is perfect in their own little way. Mm. Uh, you know, it's not true. <laughs> no. Be honest about it. There's it's a reason not. why, you know, no. uh, at least this side of the table is never going to be on a magazine because we're all hideous. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, it, there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing wrong with admitting that some people look better than others. And there's this weird movement that goes on. And I think it goes back to... Um, you know, uh, this idea that, you know, fo- you can't Photoshop. This whole thing that was a controversy a few years ago where, you know, certain, like, models would get, a, or famous people would get on, and they'd, they'd Photoshop them to look thinner, or they'd Photoshop them to, you know, blemishes out. And, and everyone, there was, like, this outrage as if what we really wanted was them to look like they really look. Like, the bottom line is this is just a fantasy for 95% of people. You know, people are Im- imagining that they could live that life, or they could wear those clothes, or they could wear that makeup, or they could look that way. And in reality, like, it, it's not, there's nothing wrong with looking at someone and saying, hey, they're the best at what they do. They're the best looking. They're the best at basketball. Uh, they're the best. We're not going to put, like, should we just start putting mediocre YMCA players on the cover of Sports Illustrated in the <laughs> middle of the NBA season because we don't want everyone to think they have to live to those standards of, of LeBron James or, uh, you know, Kevin Durant? It's, a, it's just a dumb argument, and we get so sensitive. And the idea that, like, you know, look, people, Cosmo can do whatever they want. 
you know, let's see, let's see how this magazine sells. I bet it's, you know, I mean, well, I mean, maybe because it's the stunt of it all, it'll sell yeah. some copies of it. But generally speaking, I don't, I don't think people who go to Cosmo necessarily want to see uh, very large women on the cover. Uh, that's you know, not really what it's built it, around. Uh, and hold on real quick, Jason. For the, those listening on podcast, j- because Stu oh. said very large, I would just like to point out in the article it states that she is morbidly obese, which means she is 100 pounds or more over her ideal weight. So I think very large is kind of an undersell. But mm-hmm. I just, for those listening, <laughs> he's not, like, judging her. She is actually it's, it's her morbidly shtick obese. Too, right? Like right. her shtick is, I'm going to be very overweight and, but I'm going to dress like everyone, you know, I'm going to dress like a, you know, Victoria's Secret model because you're supposed to like it. Like, how dare you not like this is yeah. kind of like the thing. It's, it's your- a thing like if, for uh, uh, Caitlyn Jenner. You have to say, mm-hmm. "Wow, that's a beautiful woman!" Exactly. <laughs> Holy You're cow! Is she one of the most beautiful women you've ever seen? Lena Dunham. You <laughs> got it. She is. Wow! Wow! I'm so glad so she's always beautiful. having her clothes off. It's yeah. Please take <laughs> them off more. On the subject of Bruce Jenner, he, like he is. He's not attractive as a male. So it's okay to say he's yeah. not attractive as a female. I would think so, but they, I mean, you never hear it out of the media. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this beautiful, look beautiful. at how beautiful. Look at that, beautiful. She's stunning. Beautiful. Stop it. You don't think she's, I mean, you might be stunned by her, uh, but you do not think she's stunning and beautiful. I mean, she, you know, like, look, it's, it's okay. Not everybody is. You know, I mean, the reason why it's interesting to look at someone who's beautiful is because not everybody is. Yeah. If everyone looked the same, if every mm-hmm. everyone was a Stepford wife, it probably would be a little bit less interesting because everyone would look the same. This, it's it's one of the things that's really amazing when you want to, you know, for in a visual medium. Uh, and again, I say this as a host who's on a television show and should not be. But I mean, <laughs> in a visual medium, you want to look at somebody who's at least halfway pleasing to the eye. Yeah. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. And why do you have to go to extremes either way? Right. It's like crazy skinny women, which I would say, what, 85, 90 percent of women are not like that. And then so you're calling us all fat. And, <laughs> That's a lot. But and and but then the morbid little beast. Like why why like just put normal women because on there. That's, what? But not you, too normal because like Stu said, you got to have a little bit of I a. Don't think it should be normal. A, yeah, you got to well, have. You know, some you're on a cover appeal. of a magazine. If Glenn Beck was a mod, you know a middling talk show host in you know Topeka, Kansas, he wouldn't have been on the cover of Time. He was on the cover of Time because he was making a huge impact and the biggest impact at that moment. That's why he was there. This should be the people who, if it's a, it's a magazine about fashion, it should be the people who make the clothes look better than anybody else. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, I think you know, we, we act as if we can't aspire to have something better. I mean, we see this all the time with wealth. Oh, people aspire to be middle class. No, they don't. Mm. You know, middle class, there's nothing wrong with being middle class. It's a, it's a place that, you know, it's a comfortable place for millions and millions of Americans and it's been part of our tradition for a long time. There's a lot of really good things there. Not a lot of people think, if I could just make $43,000 a year, (laughs) I would be set forever. Forever, right. Like, you would, I mean, you might not do the things that you need to do or you might not get lucky enough to make lots of money, but that doesn't mean everybody doesn't want to make lots of money. It would be great. It would make your life easier. And there's no reason we can't, we have to fake that what we really want is someone who looks eh, mediocre and someone who makes a mediocre amount of money. There's nothing wrong with those things. But when you're talking about, you know, Cosmo, in theory, I mean, God only knows what the heck, they put all sorts of crazy crap in that magazine, if you pointed out many times, Pat, but it's like, 
Hey, look, the bottom line is they, this is a place where people go to see models, and there's no reason why they have to do this. It's just, and they know it too. It's just stunting. Well, when I say normal, I, I don't, I don't mean normal looking. I just mean normal size. Like there's like crazy gorgeous women, you know, mm-hmm. and men, I guess. Get um, <laughs> get my back here on this, Sarah. <laughs> but there's normal size. It's like when you have the when you have the crazy extremes on each end. Yeah, the anorexic look you're talking. Right. Yeah, when yeah, when exactly. they glorify that, then that like basically calls for an extreme overreaction like this. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just like I don't know. I'd say a lot of the Victoria's Secret supermodels are they're well proportioned. They're not anorexic looking. I would definitely agree with that. Which, yeah, uh, yeah. Is there anyone at this table who would not agree with that assessment? I've, I've never noticed. I, <laughs> no idea. Uh, I just have to say two things that struck me when I was reading this. The first, and I think this is probably just a personal gripe, but the uh, editor-in-chief who was being interviewed for this um, particular story said, you don't know how healthy or unhealthy a person is just by looking at them, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like... I mean, mm. fair, but if you're 100 or more pounds overweight, that's not a healthy thing. Yeah. And I think that it's dangerous to glorify, yes. look, I'm 100 mm-hmm. pounds overweight, I, like, be like me. Yeah. I mean, that's not healthy. It's not, maybe she doesn't have high cholesterol at this moment, but that's not a healthy thing. And you shouldn't be boasting about it, There's I think. Other you can be comfortable health. in your own skin. Right, exactly. And, that, and right. That, this has come, I think, the same way as a lot of these sort of cultural issues, which is, there is a good instinct to say we shouldn't just insult people who are overweight. Right. There is a good instinct to say we shouldn't right. insult people who are living differently than we are. Uh, but it's come shame. to the point where you just have to just praise it. Yes. You have you you have to love it. Yes. You have to be the, you have to say Caitlyn Jenner is beautiful or you're a bad person. You have to say the you know mm-hmm. the, a, a woman who's it, more in the article morbidly obese. You have to say that's beautiful. You have to say it or you're just a terrible person. I mean, in the name, it's saying you are more likely yeah, to die. Is in there. It's a really <laughs> scary word. You yeah. shouldn't want to live that way. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing, and I'm just gonna leave this without commentary. Um, but it says the, the model's name, her last name is Holiday. Holiday identifies as a fat woman. Can I just? <laughs> I would agree she, with her. I, I, yeah. she, Identification ident- correct. She, so we're identifying uh, yes. as. Now, if she, I, if she said she identified as a skinny person, would she be a skinny person? Yes. <laughs> yes, she would. She would. Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, so remember to tweet us. Questions, comments, whatever you want, uh, using the hashtag TheBlazeY. Julie says, even though I miss Glenn when he's gone, the best thing about this week is having Jason Buttrell on the program every evening. More Jason, please. So you have one fan. Thanks, Mom. I appreciate that. You don't have to call yourself Julie, but I really appreciate for watching Mom. Or you'll you'll pay Julie. You'll PayPal her later. Yeah. Because the kids are saying Venmo. All right. And today's daily poll. Oh, yesterday's poll results. I stomped you guys mm-hmm. team sarah everyone loves guacamole it was like 60 percent loves guac 30 percent said it was gross a lot of terrible mm. people in this <laughs> uh, today's poll is would you stop eating in and out burgers for political reasons i'm just curious to know it's it's a it's like a cult thing that yeah. there are a lot of people who love in and out burgers and so let's say it's a hamburger right, yeah. but let's say that the situation was flipped if Let's say that they donate. Yeah, that they were a no. big donor to leftist causes. I can't think of yeah. a. I can't I, I think of any. I don't care. Yeah. I can't think of any food or anything that I would be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to stop buying stuff there, or I'm going to yeah. stop and, eating. And there. you walk down that road, and it's your life's impossible because yeah. you're constantly making decisions not based on whether the food is good or whether you like it. You're basing it on some 
random person you've never met who's right. making life decisions for you by telling you what you can and cannot eat. Right. Yeah. And that is not a way to live. And, you'll, and by the way, you'll never be able to do it. You'll always be violating those rules. I mean, you're never going to be able to come up with the boycott that actually works in these situations. I mean, yeah, like if you find something that's really, really bad, maybe you make one exception. But I mean, most of the most of the time, I don't think that's. You only stop eating it if it's awful, like Shake Shack. Oh wow! <laughs> wow! Yes. Some Whataburger sucks. I had to strike back and strike hard. Mm. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I couldn't have had it. I think that's why. I have ever had it? That's why I don't like it. Like what you're hearing? Become a Blaze Premium subscriber and watch the show anytime, anywhere, live or on demand. Go to theblaze.com slash subscribe and start watching today.